Afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the uh, second part in our human security webinar series, uh, Social Engineering and Triggers. Um, together with, uh, with Mike Clark of Empower People Thrive, who I'll introduce in a moment, we're going to be talking in, in some depth about the human aspect of, of cybersecurity in particular in relation to social engineering and, and the triggers that allow us to be so easily socially engineered. And this is the second part of our human security series. Last week, Mike and I were talking about the human firewall. And on Monday next week, the 18th, we'll be talking about trust and how trust is, is something we're being exploited uh, by. And, and I think it's a really good uh, starting point to, with, with a quote today, which is uh, from the film Catch Me If You Can. I'm sure many of you or all of you have seen that with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks, the true story of Frank Abagnale. Um, and his quote, there's no technology today that cannot be defeated by social engineering. So that's something to keep in mind throughout the course of, of today's conversation. Just a couple of introductions. I'm Richard Jackson of Pulse Cybersecurity. We're a uh, cybersecurity GDPR consultancy based in the UK. We cover the UK and Ireland, although we're always open to, to conversations with our friends in, in the US. So I know some of you are on the call today. And of course, in, in mainland Europe, which also falls under the general data protection regulations of GDPR. Um, I'm the Senior Information Security Consultant. Uh, we work across a variety of different ways within cybersecurity, but primarily in, in education and building education and awareness, uh, as we feel that's the, the key and the core to, to increasing cybersecurity. Uh, and I'd like to introduce Mike Clark of Empowered People Thrive. Hi, Mike. Nice to see you again. Are you, are you OK to just give us a, a bit of a biography of yourself and, and your business? Hello Richard, hello everyone. Uh, yep, yeah, um, so I've been uh, sort of empowering people for a very long time now um, and uh, it, it's a great job. I love I love uh, helping people and a lot of the subjects that we're talking about through these uh, sort of webinars with you Richard are very much what I get asked to do for my customers quite a lot. So some of my customers uh, you know, with social media, they want to, they want to, um, you know, improve the way they sell or communicate with their customers. And so social engineering and understanding social triggers is actually quite an important part yeah. of uh, how we get people to respond to what we do. So today's subject is something that uh, I think is close to most people's hearts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's worth adding at this point. So, so although we're talking about cybersecurity, um, Mike, this is absolutely about the psychology, isn't it? Of, of cybersecurity mm. so this will be very different if, you, if you're if you're kind of connecting online and watching a lot of webinars at the moment and you're interested in cybersecurity or in that field it will traditionally be about technical controls this is more about the human element and it's based on data um, which will pr prove and provide the evidence as to why we take this approach so we're live we've only got 30 minutes so if you've got any questions or comments please use the chat function in zoom uh, or use the reactions or email uh, general questions to hello at pulsecyber.co.uk. We'll try and answer a couple of questions at the end, but as with last week, we had lots of questions, lots of feedback, and time was a bit tight, wasn't it, Mike? So yeah, it was. We'll, we'll do our best. We'll do our best. But um, worth adding at this point, this will also be uh, available as a podcast on Spotify. So we will make all of these slides available for free to anyone who emails that email address, hello at pulsecyber.co.uk, and that's freely available. Uh, after the event. So moving swiftly on, what is social engineering? So a great quote from, from Josh Frulinger of CSO Online, the art of exploiting human psychology rather than technical hacking techniques to gain access to buildings, systems or data. I think that's an amazing quote. It resonates so much with, with, with the approach that Mike and I take 
especially from Mike's perspective on the human element of, of essentially how human beings are programmed and wired to work and how we think and mm. approach life in the way, the way we do, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, it is very much so, without a doubt. Some research and data, we always provide up-to-date stats because that validates the argument or the, or the, the angle that we're taking. So um, Minecast is saying at the moment that over 90% of attacks are from sophisticated cyber criminals start for email. Um, top emotional motivators behind all of this are entertainment, social reward or recognition, which Mike will talk about all those subjects and, and why we respond to that kind of thing. Um, other stats on the screen for those of you listening on, on the podcast, you'll be able to catch when, when I send you the slides. Just remember to email me at hello at pulse.co.uk. Definitely the, the theme of we're seeing is that social engineering has gone from a niche approach to the norm. There's several reasons for this. Social media is one of the most prevalent reasons for it uh, because of the large amount of data that's available on these social networks and the amount of data that in general people give up freely and carelessly. Mm. Uh, it's easily machine readable. And as I've said, the, the advent of social networks has, has created this, this wild west of data that, that cyber criminals have suddenly realized is easily to access, but they're getting some help. And that help is coming from unexpected threat actors in the sector who are experts in certain themes of, of, of the human, human psyche, really. So we're, look, we're talking about psychologists, marketing experts, and people who are experts in the human sciences who are yeah. helping the cyber criminals to, to socially engineer us, which is a which is now the norm, which is a quite scary thing to say. Um, is, yeah, yeah. And, and, and a graphic on the screen, we showed this one last week, employees in data breach, we're talking about employee error, lost or stolen devices or criminal attacks via phishing or social engineering is accounting for probably between 70 and 80% of data breaches. This is why we take the human approach. This is why we're not talking so much about technical controls. We're not talking about selling you software. We don't sell software. It's all about education and consultancy. And finally, just a bit more research from Kaspersky. 33% of incidents affecting infrastructure holded by a third party were caused by phishing or social engineering techniques. 88% of small to medium-sized enterprises, SMEs, that experienced a data breach said that social engineering was part of that attack. And 90% of attacks uh, on the cloud are due to social engineering, not down to failures on, the, on the, the part of the technology, which is, so these are really brutally, uh, brutally honest facts and these are hitting home and, and just reinforcing and, and this is the reason Mike and I came up with the human security series why we need to focus so much on it and what Mike and I have done we've been working over the last few weeks uh, on a on a plain English and straightforward way to kind of get this message across based on the human psychology and we'll, we'll talk through it in a moment but basically we're calling it the social engineering pyramid of success um, and this is what it looks like. So it's very simple. We know there's no there's no technology on this screen. Um, what you see before you is a pyramid with with three key factors: uh, prevention, protection, and intervention. First of all, Mike, are, they, are these in any particular order, or, or, or do they all kind of work in different ways? Um, they they they're all interlinked, um, and very much, uh, I guess. The key one really in the middle protection is what it's all all about really and leading from protection we can start putting in prevention measures and intervention the language is really interesting um, in the uk predominantly we have something known as safeguarding which is a sort of set of training where you might be working with vulnerable adults or young people so this language has been more predominantly if you were to google each word be found in relation to that kind of subject but for me who's worked and, and yourself Rich, and anybody that's worked in management 
of people, these, this is a common language that's used if it were to be food safety and so on and so yeah. forth. So this language is quite a common use in management when it comes to looking at something. And, and I guess uh, for me, protection is the key thing because that's what we want to do. Um, you know, if you drill into the semantics of the words, if we look at protection, it's a noun. Uh, and predominantly what you'll find is things that it's about care. It's about guardianship. Yeah. which I find uh, really quite interesting. And if we go back to the video that we did, or, or the webinar, sorry, we did last week, one of the things that Richard struck upon uh, quite a lot and very much is through Pulse Cyber uh, Security. The first thing is having a human firewall. Mm. And so I guess uh, something that Richard's going to have readily available for any one of you that are listening and you can email him and get the document is actually what is the detail of a human firewall? What actually is that? Uh, and kind of the things that Richard and I have discussed, which I think are quite important, is if we're going to have a human firewall, which is made up of the staff, the employees, the people in the business, maybe we could sh we should consider ourselves the guardians then. Yeah. The semantics of the word protection be that it's about care and guardianship, that we should actually have guardians of our cyber security in a business. Yeah. Uh, it gives people a purpose, something actually to own and, uh, if you like, feel connected to. Yeah. Um, and the other thing you spoke about, all that we, we sort of covered really, was it can only be a human firewall if you've got complete senior management buy-in. Um, we're seeing at the moment with the COVID-19 about people sort of interpreting what might be very straightforward rules about how we conduct ourselves. Uh, and I guess if you take away that subject and put in place of it, cybersecurity, you can't be doing things differently because you're the boss. You have to be doing yeah. things the same. So that's the buy-in. And, and the last thing we spoke about was about inverting the triangle. So we've got a tri triangle on screen. And if we were to use that for leadership, it would be turned upside down and that be that the leaders of the business are there to support the staff and to empower the staff to take action. So that's kind of where we were with protection, I think, being maybe the one word on that triangle that stands out first of all. Yeah. So when we were talking earlier today, um, we always, Mike and I always get together in the morning of an event to make sure that we're entirely on the same page, but you know, because we know that we're going to be unscripted when we talk, Mike. Um, mm. But we, we were talking about, you know, how can we apply this analogy into, into different industries? Because if you're listening in and you're in the field of, of data security or cyber security, this would already seem very unusual, the language and the approach that we're taking and maybe, maybe unique. Um, mm -hmm. But if you, if you apply it to, for instance, healthcare, um, you know, healthcare and your health as a human being is all about prevention. Prevention is, is better than a cure. It's, it's, it's a phrase that's been bouncing around the world for, for, for for years forever um but it's absolutely true you know and if you if you think about you know the fact that you know if you're taking vitamins on a daily basis but then abusing your body in other ways um those vitamins just aren't going to work it's all about the prevention and, and education and awareness of yeah what you're putting in your body for instance or if you apply it to to working on a building site or if you're in construction wearing a hard hat doesn't protect you from every eventuality you still need to to adopt and display and behave in a certain way and, and and something you were talking about last week mike which was living the core values and living and breathing this is absolutely what social social engineering is about and cyber security is all about it's about about that education piece at the very kind of foundation of our pyramid and if you if you have that human firewall and as mike said we you can um We've got a great document you can get from us for absolutely free if you email us hello at pulsecyber.co.uk. It talks about the human firewall and the seven elements that you will need in place to have a successful human firewall. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's the bedrock, isn't it, Mike? And, and then although we say they're not in any particular order, 
there is a kind of a, a bit of a journey here, isn't there, from prevention to protection to intervention. Yeah. So could you yeah. could you maybe talk a little bit about um, intervention? What does intervention mean in, in, in terms of what we're talking about today? So again, if we drill into um, the word intervention, it's about um, being able to identify staying focused and possibly blow, uh, sort of whistleblowing or bringing things to the attention of uh, somebody that can take action for you where you see the thing when things are wrong if that makes sense yeah um and i guess one of the key things that that i know you richard want to get across to the people that might be listening is this isn't just all about tech it's about taking away instantly implementable um sort of elements of what we're talking about which again Richard can email you if you email him um, to give an example if we talk about intervention for me as a, as, a, as a person that works with other humans how do you help someone to be able to identify what might let's say be a common phishing email for me it's about creating a list of say 10 common mistakes that phishing emails have buried within them and by having it next to a computer or a laptop, you don't have to remember them. So you don't need to have a great memory retention. They're no. there for you to quickly view. Um, and, you know, Richard's got this fantastic document with 10 common phishing elements in it that can be given to any member of staff, relevant of their technical ability or not. And if they're looking at an email and their job is to pay close attention to it, not respond to, say, the social engineering, um, some of the elements that we discussed uh, a little while ago, one of them was in phishing emails, they don't very rarely ask you to visit their website. That's From correct, a professional yeah. business, they want you to go to their website, they want you to go to your account. Uh, so phishing emails wouldn't allow you to do that. But one that isn't actually written about very much, and I think I see quite a lot and it's prevalent, is calls to action. So mm. if you like the emotive factor of a phishing email, which is do this now, it's urgent. Um, if you do this, you'll save money. If you do this, you'll do yourself a favor. Yeah. They are heightened. They're probably, to give an example, five or six times more amplified that you're requested in a phishing email to do something of urgency. Yeah. Whereas in what would be considered a good email, a positive email, you might only get one or possibly two calls to action to do something. Do you think, Mike, from, you know, speaking from the field that you're in, that that this introduction of, of psychologists, experts in the human sciences mm -hmm. has really supported cyber criminals in, in understanding how best to exploit and to press those emotive buttons and, and appeal to people's yeah. emotions? Without a doubt, the, the, the human psyche has long been studied and our psychology is, is known. And if you can imagine that the knowledge that psychologists and behavioral scientists have uh, can be shared for foul or fair means mm. if that makes sense yeah then yeah, yeah absolutely to give an example one thing that's commonly known is that human beings remember thing in threes yeah so if you're listening to this and you're looking at the screen what can you see that's happening in threes so mm. what richard and i are doing is actually technically using a social engineering technique right in front of you <laughs> the title of the document is social engineering pyramid because you're yeah. going to remember that and you're going to remember that the three tips that Richard's going to give you today if you email in the three documents that support what we're saying to give you actionable things you can take away with you and give to people right now to use irrelevant to the technical ability right in front of you in three words yeah I mean I think it's really important from 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 the perspective of pulse cybersecurity taking a different approach to to cybersecurity social engineering in this instance is that you know those that have tuned in today from from the uk ireland from the, mm. from the united states etc have mm. given half an hour of their time to listen to That's you and i talk um, so i think it would be remiss of us to, to use that 30 minutes and to just tell you guys who are listening today the same stuff that you would get from a thousand and one webinars and, and interestingly Absolutely. enough mike and i um registered for a, for a uk 
police webinar which was uh, towards the end of last week and it was excellent but it, it was very much focused on how to deal with you know very much in the intervention um, element of, of how how to rectify things when they've gone wrong and it didn't really sort of talk about how how it's gone wrong in the first place and why people are susceptible to it which is why again although we've got half an hour it's not long enough to get into the depth of it but mm -hmm. i think you know mike's capturing it perfectly at the moment and um you know my my passion is education prevention etc um but as mike said if you can if you can take away this and memorize this kind of pyramid today and that sticks in your mind we've given you 10 things you probably wouldn't remember them so i think it, yes we are socially engineering you <laughs> in that context uh, but mm. i think it, it's 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 a, it's a method to help you learn really isn't it so well it is and again another example of social engineering is richard's already mentioned twice and so by that you can email us and we'll give you this information mm. Now, obviously, yeah. we're doing it for fair means. We're doing it for fair means. And I think that the, the thing that needs to happen when you educate and make the people you work with aware of cyber security and social engineering is possibly to create activities where uh, in, in a safe environment where people can actually explore examples of phishing and mishing and then try to identify what they feel might be issues in an email for them to create a general discussion. Um, really, social engineering, Richard, works off trust. Definitely. that we've got pre-programmed into us a certain set of values if you like um yeah. i've got sort of some notes here i'm just going to refer to but yeah of course trust, trust has got so there's there's a a, a a famous sort of psychologist called rosso a lady who wrote some really interesting things around trust especially in relation to working with colleagues at work and sort of employees yeah um and so what we have is, uh, if you like, voice and recognition would be, uh, if you like, one of the trust factors that drives the way we behave. And you spoke earlier, which uh, uh, I think it was around one of the, the stats or data you give that actually people take social engineering triggers by responding to the fact that they are being recognised and by taking yeah. action. Yeah. And so you can see very, very quickly, just off Rousseau's list of eight drivers of trust, mm -hmm. that actually a lot of these things are pre-programmed into us. And of course, in the next sort of um, webinar we're going to talk about, it's how do we try not to trust, which yeah. is really hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you almost kind of reverse engineering the whole way, you, you, you know, the, the good values that have been ingrained into you as a young as a young person, as a child, about, you know, seeing the best in circumstances. What we're going to ask you next week is, is to kind of, flip that over and say actually trust trust nothing <laughs> which is uh, a it's, it's almost a negative positive really but you know it's i mean uh, you mentioned smishing now which is which is phishing via sms or text message and that's become much more common in the last couple of years and and i think i'm right in saying the reason for that is because people you know i've got potentially fifteen thousand emails in my personal inbox i don't really look at my 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 email account which is my non-work account that much it just kind of sits there really unfortunately um but i'm much less likely to get a text than i am an email i might get two texts a day so that mm. means that if i get a text or an sms from someone it means that it's in my mind in my kind of my non-conscious mind mm. that's going to be more valid than an email um so and so there's that the, the, the social engineers and the, and the cyber criminals are effectively appealing to the fact that I'm, I'm potentially more likely to click on a text than I am on an email. So things are shifting Absolutely. and evolving very quickly. Very, very quickly. If you think about sort of the generations now that are coming through, mm. um, they live on their phone, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And so SMS 
and messaging via platforms, WhatsApp, Snapchat, et cetera, et cetera, are common practice and they respond to them super, super quick because it's in yeah. the pocket. Definitely, We've yeah. moved away from emails because emails require, not in every case, but the general consensus emails are something you log into on a laptop. Some yeah. people do log on to their phone, yeah. but actually you're more likely to have a vibration in your pocket from an SMS yeah. or and you're, you are, we are, again, we have been engineered to respond to these things, or it's in our psyche to respond to them with a level of urgency, even to the point where if you were talking to someone face to face and your yeah. mobile phone goes in your pocket, you're more likely to be distracted by what's in your pocket than the conversation yeah. you're with a real person. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's an immediate call to action. And if you, if you do a bit of Googling about the differences between millennials and Generation Z, for instance, one mm -hmm. of the key standouts in those in multiple infographics that you can see online is the fact that Generation Z doesn't generally communicate via email. Email is a bit of a foreign tech for them. Um, so credit to the cyber criminals in a way for, for kind of predicting that and working with that trend as Generation Z moves into the workplace, which it has been over the last couple of years and, and will, will grow into kind of management positions over the next 10 years, is that they're not gonna to respond to emails as much and instant messaging, SMS text is gonna be the way to catch those guys out. So that's, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating stuff, really. So, I mean, today, as, uh, as Mike and I have both kind of alluded to, is this 30 minutes, it's not long enough, which is why we created the, the Social Engineering Pyramid document, which we'll be absolutely delighted to share at no cost. You just need to email hello at pulsecyber.co.uk and I'll send that, uh, send that to you very quickly. And then we can talk some more if, if you're interested about, about what's in it and, and why we believe that it's so important, especially with prevention, we've, we've built in, seven elements of the human firewall but the human firewall on its own there's so much more underneath that and that's the evolution of a, of a cyber security focused culture and mike i'd just like to ask you and i think we touched mm. on it last week how how do you develop a culture within any organization that with free will and willingly the individuals within it almost entirely 100 percent, would buy into that and feel part of that that um Though, you know, we talked about them as, as cybersecurity guardians. So how, how do people buy into that? How can we create that? I think that the, uh, the, the first steps need to be that everybody needs to get around the table. So mm. if it's a large organisation, then at least someone represent every member or every department of a business. Yeah. The smaller the team, get around the table, grab a cup of coffee, some cake, and then bring the subject up that it's something. Um, and, and maybe I think what makes people sit up and take notice is real evidence. Yeah. Um, there's a... a, a uh, a psychologist and uh, called De Bono who spoke about six the six coloured hats to help if you like keep a focus of a meeting or keep a focus of the detail of something as a yeah. group of managers so you can get to the end of it you may have heard of it yeah, um, yeah. and one of the coloured hats is white and white is paper which is prove it Mm. And I think that there's something in our psyche about the credibility integrity of someone saying mm. we think we need to make changes but here's some evidence in the business world of the damage that can be done and how simple it is for us to be socially engineered and what it can cause and happen. Yeah. And that yeah. relate to our business. And then if you can open a discussion going, when have you seen this in your life? Mm. I believe people will very, very quickly start sharing things with you that ordinarily are not normal conversations in the workplace. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I think it would be the, the, the goal here, I think, or the objective is for every organization to, as much as it has, fire wardens, health and safety representatives, mm. first aiders, or even health champions. One of the organizations I work with in the last few mm. years had, had health champions focused on individuals, health and well-being, physical and mental. 
um, is to also have a cybersecurity guardian team as well. That they, you know, they're almost a given that you that you have those people in the business and you have that that team. So. If you go back to to what you were just saying about why would people value this, why would they do it as a, Mm. as a, as a, if you're like a default position, I think that when you educate and when you make aware your employees about the things you want them to achieve in the workplace, they can actually take it home and do it at home and protect their own families. So this has got a real double-edged sword. Um, and, And for me, if I were to learn something in the workplace that I immediately know would affect positively the people at home are more likely to buy into wanting to yeah. be able to do that Definitely, so there's yeah. another angle of using if you like the triggers that are normally in us as humans to get us to buy into yeah the changes because yeah. the you know when you talk about a cultural change it's not easy to do and um you know people need to buy in and it needs to be seen to be happening yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i mean it's worth mentioning as well very rarely when when there's a cyber security focused talk does the gdpr general data protection regulation come in alongside it and I think it's very important to you know while we're asking and empowering people to be to be part of a cyber security guardian team or human firewall that the implications of anyone in the organization responding to a phishing email or or smishing text sms in the wrong way is could be for instance a 20 million euro fine on that organization or four percent of their annual turnover whichever is greater so this isn't just about stopping the horses getting out of the field you know if, they, if those horses get out of the field there are huge implications on any organization in, from a financial and a reputational perspective so yeah. every individual does possess or does represent a risk to to your organization uh, and, and the future of it but um, for me if you think about it in literal terms as say an organizational business that if you like contracts with other organizations if you are someone that relies upon other agencies to be able to deliver your work if we go back a number of years it might have been that to give you an example say in the uk if you were to contract with a council you would have to show due diligence in that you had public liability insurance that you had health and safety and training in place and that your safeguarding was all up to date you'd have to show evidence yeah i don't think it's going to be very long before actually when you contract to larger organizations if you Mm. want to grow your business or to interact with those bigger organizations that you'll be asked to give some sort of proof that in fact you are secure yeah well it's starting to happen and i mean it's it depends on the sector what i'm finding at the moment so health and social care for instance you find the nhs has introduced the the data security Mm. protection toolkit the dspt so yeah. They, they take things a step further from the GDPR and they ask specifically its service providers to meet standards. You've also got ISO 27001, so you've got, um, you know, somewhat accountants or law, for instance, they might ask as a minimum standard that all of its supply chain hold, holds accreditation, as you said, to prove mm. that you've, you've got these things in place. However, I would say um, in the reality of things that that doesn't necessarily mean every individual on the ground within the organisation understands it it's more no. about it's more about the fact that um the ticking boxes maybe to a degree so it depends on the culture but uh so so let's just we'll leave it there for, i think for the moment because we're running out of time mike um yes. but as we've said a few times all of this is freely available if you're li- listening on the podcast please email us hello at pulsecyber.co.uk and we will email you today's slides and the document that we're referring to throughout the throughout the, the webinar yep. um Part three of our, of our May webinar series takes place next Monday, the 18th, again at one o'clock, and it's going to be entitled Trust Nobody, How to Beat Cyber Criminals. So Mike, I think uh, quickly, so you'll be talking about the 
is it the eight elements of trust? We'll be looking at trust, what it is and how then to reverse that trust. <laughs> That's a quite tall <laughs> yeah. 30 yeah. minutes, but we'll do the best we can. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. So, um, so later on today, hopefully we'll have this webinar available to watch on the Pulse Cybersecurity YouTube channel. It'll also be available on Spotify as a podcast and also last week's webinar, Empowering the Human File. That's already on our YouTube channel and it's already on uh, Spotify as a podcast and getting plenty of attention, which is fantastic because I think it just strikes a different chord, Mike, doesn't it? We're talking about it this in a, in a very different way. Well, it, the, the stats are very much telling people that it is, and like Abigail, uh, you know, his sort of quote right up front, it's, there is no technology that is proofed to sort of, if you like, and say from social engineering, it's a human yeah. element. So yeah. we need to be talking about the human element. The yeah. technology itself is always fantastic, but without, as you say, people understanding it, using it, knowing what to do and be empowered to do so, nothing's yeah. going to change. Yeah, summed up perfectly. Okay, so we're coming to the end. So um, for those who, who've joined us today, many thanks for giving up your time. Hopefully you found it interesting and, and you, you're keen to know more. Uh, hopefully you'll register for next week's event or please come, you know, get in touch with us. At, uh, I'll read out the email addresses in a moment for those of you who are listening rather than viewing. Um, and just give us some suggestions of subjects that you think you'd like us to cover. Uh, or maybe you'd like to speak to Mike in more depth uh, and tap into his enormous knowledge and experience. Uh, so please feel free to, to email Mike uh, and that's mike at empoweredpeoplethrive.co.uk or myself, uh, richard at pulsecyber.co.uk to talk about maybe what Pulse Cyber Security does. Maybe you're, you're in an organisation that feels you'd like our help uh, or maybe you'd like Mike and I as, as a team to come in and maybe start talking to your organization about how to set up your cybersecurity guardian scheme. That would be, we'd be more than happy to do that. Obviously at the moment, it would still be a remote event and we would, we would uh, join you by video conference. But uh, so thank you again for today. Um, any questions or comments in general, we've, we've got uh, some more contacts up on the screen. So the Pulse website is www.pulsecyber.co.uk. Mike's website, Empower People Thrive, is www.empowerpeoplethrive.co.uk. All of your questions about today can come to hello at pulsecyber.co.uk. And if you've got an urgent data protection question and you'd like me to, to, uh, to give you a call back or leave a message for me, uh, and you think you need some immediate support, please give me a call on my mobile, which is 07368 443 And we'd love to increase our following on Twitter. So please follow us there as well at Pulse Cyber Sec. Mike, thanks again for today. It's been, it's flown by again. Uh, just been amazing. Just, just getting a, just touching the, the subject uh, quite lightly to be fair, because it's obviously such a short period of time, but thank you so much. It's been an education and a pleasure to speak to you as always. Thank you very much. Take care, mate. Speak soon. Thanks very much. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.